Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. As we approach the end of 2016, I thought I would catch up with Libby Rhodes from the RNIB campaigns team. Now, each month we uh, chat with Libby to find out what the big campaigns are, improving the lives of blind and partially sighted people. And we thought we'd see what the big wins were this week. We've picked a few for you, and we're also going to be speaking with some of the volunteer uh, campaigners. But uh, Libby, where are we starting first of all? It has been a busy year and I'm really pleased that we have two of our fantastic volunteer campaigners, Bob and Linda, joining me today. First of all, we'll be starting with our PIP win. So back in March, we were thrilled when the government withdrew its proposal to reduce personal independence payment entitlements for people with sight loss. The government had planned to change the rules on how someone's use of aids and appliances made them eligible for an element of the support. However, thanks to over a 1,000 of our amazing supporters who took action to protect this vital benefit, the government changed its mind. We really couldn't have done this without all of the fantastic support that we received. PIP, as personal independence payments are known, make a massive difference to the daily lives of people with sight loss, as well as all disabilities. And the fact that we were able to harness so much great support made all the difference in protecting that benefit. Okay, now something which, again, we'll pick some of the big steps forward, the big strides, the big wins for cancer campaigns this year and I, I was quite surprised w- with this one Libby all about uh, needed to read it and looking at information you know, from your doctor from the hospital you know if you're blind or partially sighted getting that in, in an accessible format was was almost impossible but, but a big step forward this year. Yeah, definitely. So following on from the fantastic pit victory in the spring, in the summer, at the end of July, NHS England brought in its accessible information standard. So that basically means that everyone providing an NHS or adult social care service must provide information in a format that their patients can read. So obviously that would make a huge difference to blind and partially sighted people who would previously receive leaflets and letters from their doctor or the hospital clinics advising them of you know, their illness or any test results or anything like that. So we were thrilled that the standard finally came in in July, enabling blind and partially sighted people to manage their health with the same level of privacy and independence that sighted people might take for granted. A hugely important campaign there, Libby. And we have with us Linda Wilson, who is a volunteer campaigner with RNIB. Linda, needed to read it was something which was very close to your heart as well. Most definitely. Why should I have to rely on someone else to read my hospital appointments, my test results? I want to be able to read that myself. It's information which is extremely personal to an individual. It's not something you really want other people reading for you. And that's probably the excuse that, well, someone can just read the letter or the information and tell you. I don't want anybody else to read my personal information. That's personal to me. People who can see to read, they can read their own personal information. I want to be able to read mine as well. How did you get involved in the campaign? This is extremely important for all blind and partially sighted people and I want to do everything that I possibly can, certainly here in Cumbria, to achieve that end result. And how did you campaign yourself? Oh, I've done lots of things. First of all, trying to get my own GP practice to send me letters by email, which is my preferred format. And I did that eventually, 
And when the Need It to Read It campaign began in April, I thought there's an awful lot of blind and partially sighted people out there who do not know that they are now entitled to have this service. So I contacted the local weekly newspapers. I had letters printed to the editor. I also contacted the relevant talking newspaper services to make sure that those letters were read out. And in another role that I have, I was also able to contact ITV Board of Television and I was interviewed on there, also on local radio, and also by going out and talking to blind and partially sighted groups. And the number of people who have said to me, Linda, I didn't know we could have this, but now they do. Linda, there's obviously a real passion in what you do. Why do you keep on campaigning? What drives you? Initially, I suppose, it was because of myself. I am totally blind myself. It's a passion to make sure that all blind and partially sighted people get all the services that are available to them and to let them know that they are there for them. When Needed to Read It was launched for the whole of England, making that information accessible to blind and partially sighted people, how did that make you feel? I thought, this is brilliant. At last, we're getting a service that we should have had years ago, but then slowly began to realise that we're not getting that service. The healthcare providers haven't really taken on board the urgency. They hadn't taken on board that this service should have been made available from the 31st of July. And so that was why I became so passionate to make sure that they do this as quickly as possible. A dedicated campaigner there in uh, in Linda. I'm sure, Libby, you, you'll agree, you know, that, that volunteers are the core of this. They really get the message out and the, the passion that's there from them as well. Yeah, most definitely. And we really couldn't do it without her. OK, we're going to take uh, one more uh, big game, a big campaign as well. We're also going to be chatting with uh, one of the, the volunteers involved in that as well. But this one is looking at our streets, Libby. Finally, over the course of the year, our Who Put That There campaign has been seeing some fantastic results. High streets across the country are becoming increasingly cluttered and inaccessible due to number of A-boards placed outside shops, the amount of street clutter placed on pavements, and obviously, as Bob will go on to say, the, the growing popularity of shared space schemes. So all of these issues are what our Who Put That There campaign aims to tackle. We've got a team of regional campaigns officers, as well as some fantastic campaign supporters based up and down the country, who've been busy speaking to local authorities across the country to get them to commit to making the streets more accessible. Mostly that's being done by encouraging them to sign up to a street charter. And across the country, the campaign is making a real impact. So in areas like Yorkshire, where whole city council became the first council in the country to sign up to, street charter in February. Dr Nantes Council in, in September also committed to making their streets more accessible and then obviously only a few weeks ago Solihull Council also committed to making their streets accessible so we're really pleased about that and a number of planned shared space schemes have been cancelled following pressure from local campaigners like Bob. Indeed and you know we talk about shared space it's where you know the, the pavements are almost taken away cars and pedestrians share the, the same road space if you like and you know as a guide dog owner and a cane user myself you know I hate going on to, to shared spaces you just do not feel safe the dogs aren't sure where curbs are or crossings are and that's something which rang true with Bob Potter as you say Libby Bob tell me a little about your story then was it a, a shared space that was planned for where you live Yes, 
came out of the blue, really. We were a small association of about just 30 blind people across Northumberland. And one person became aware that there's a plan to introduce a new street scheme for part of Morpeth, a place called Stop Hill. And to my amazement, I realised it was actually a, a token, small, shared space plan. In particular, I was aware of a place in Wrexham in North Wales where I came across a shared space scheme which involved blind people walking alongside the pavement with an area of, of ground where there's no obvious delineation between cyclists and pedestrians. It had become a no-go area for elderly people that they just wouldn't risk going down the road because of the bikes going past at such speed. Our council officials to arrange for a meeting and the councillor who was in charge of the whole scheme also agreed to come along as well. He described a plan that was well formulated and it wasn't just a, a proposal, it was, it was all signed, sealed and delivered, that's how he described it. And also he then mentioned that this scheme was supposed to be a pilot for four or five other places in Northumberland. So that, that even raised our concern even more because we thought they were introducing a scheme that, that hadn't been discussed. Nobody looked at the concerns of minorities such as our little group. So we got R&IB involved, we got guide dogs involved, and my wife, who's a, a bit of a computer whiz, went onto the um, internet to discover what other comments there were about such schemes. So a, a national politician suddenly emerged as being very much opposed to shared schemes, and the council then moved on to organise yet another meeting, and we started gathering our forces. We had acquired quite a lot of interest, and we had quite a lot of people queuing up to come to the meeting. Suddenly, we had a missus saying that the whole thing had been cancelled, which was a very great relief to us. It really shows the determination there, Libby, when it's going to affect people's lives, that they can come together and really make a change, working in conjunction with organisations like Guide Dogs and the RNIB. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it goes to show that shared space games make a, a huge impact on people's lives, and, and it's great to see that experiences like Bob's, although it started off obviously very negatively, that locally we can create change and we can make sure that these shared space schemes are not put in across areas like Bob's. Some great campaigns to highlight there for uh, for 2016 Libby and it really shows once again how working with organisations like Guide Dogs and, and the RNIB and getting involved um, even as volunteer campaigners can make a huge difference if people would like to find out more about campaigning or, or get involved with RNIB how can they do that? Yeah, so as always, we are really keen to hear from anyone who has any questions or would like to discuss an issue that's affecting them. So as always, the number to call is 0207 391 2123 or they can contact the team by emailing us at campaigns at rnib.org.uk. Libby, Bob and Linda, thanks to all of you for joining us today on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.